If you're an impact investor and believe in the power of patient capital to change lives, build communities, and create a more inclusive economy, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the best podcast, short for Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive, where we share the impact of patient capital when combined with the grit, resilience, and determination of Black entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, both based in Newark, New Jersey, where I have a passion for all things social impact, economic development, and community empowerment. On this episode of The Best Podcast, I'm joined by Kelly Brosna, the State Director and CEO of the New Jersey Small Business Development Center Network, where she oversees 12 centers from around the state, working with small businesses of all shapes and sizes. Kelly is an integral part of making The Best Podcast possible. When the pandemic hit in March of 2020, Kelly and her team immediately stepped up to the plate, working around the clock to serve Black entrepreneurs throughout the state, providing programming, resources, and other support to keep New Jersey's Black entrepreneurial ecosystem surviving and thriving. On the show, she shares more insight into the New Jersey Small Business Development Center's efforts throughout the pandemic, success stories from the entrepreneurs that she's worked with, and the role of patient capital in supporting a thriving ecosystem. Before you hear from Kelly and I, make sure you subscribe to the Best Podcast newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of Black entrepreneurs. We appreciate you tuning in with us today and hope you enjoy the following episode. Kelly, welcome to the best podcast. Such an honor to have you here today. I feel privileged to be sitting with the CEO and uh, director of the uh, New Jersey Small Business Development Center. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me to be on today. I, I think we have some great conversations to, to be had today. Well, I just want to acknowledge to our listeners, one of the reasons we're able, actually even able to produce the best podcast is because of your organization. So uh, thank you for making this platform available to us in the, the community to tell these uh, amazing stories. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I think that it's very important and, and I'm thrilled that you're able to do this and we can be part of it because as they say, it takes a village. So It does. And uh, one of the reasons I'm excited to have you here is, you know, this whole series was brought, was, the reason this series was started was to highlight the journey of these black entrepreneurs over the course of the pandemic. And I'm in the process actually of writing a book right now called Black Veteran Entrepreneur. And it would be disingenuous of me to talk about black veteran entrepreneurship without talking about the challenges the broader black community faces. And so, you know, I've gone in, I've been doing the research, uh, but to have someone like yourself to, you know, who's in the weeds and uh, has the the ready resources and the knowledge, um, I'm excited to, to dive into that. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and we are, when you say in the weeds, I mean, we really are the boots on the ground. We, I, you know, there are a lot of resources out there for small businesses and in particular African-American as well as Hispanic and in all minority populations. But the reality is, is that we are the only statewide resource that has a footprint on the entire state. I mean, physical space in the entire state of New Jersey. And we're really excited about that. We cover every county. We have 12 centers across the state. We have probably over 150 consultants that we brought that we bring on board specifically based on their talent to address the needs of the community. And in particular, when we're talking about 
the black entrepreneurs that we're working with, it's really important for us to have community members to serve community members. I like to say, if you're a veteran, we want to have a veteran serve you. If you're African-American, black, we want to make sure that we have consultants that understand and from the community to serve the community. And I, I take pride that we really have done a, a really great job statewide of making sure that we have that built-in trust you know, when businesses come to us. It's important for us to have that trust because we're here to help. We're not here to hinder. Yeah, I've had opportunity to work with Andrew Frazier out here in Newark. Um, so you're right. You walk into the Small Business Development Center and you guys do do a great job of getting um, consultants from the communities. And so one thing is I want to start off with is talk to us about the landscape right now for black entrepreneurs. Like what does the state of black entrepreneurs look like in you know, 2022, because we know that during COVID and during the lockdown, 40% of black owned businesses cease generating revenue. And when I'm looking for opportunities to go out to eat here locally in Newark, I'm typing in, you know, restaurants near me and I'm seeing so many businesses closed down. You know, they still have that temporarily closed. So, you know, what are we seeing? What is it? What does this recovery look like? So, Although it's daunting and we've seen a lot of businesses close over the pandemic, which is really disheartening. And, and I'd like to take a step back real quick. When when the pandemic really fit uh, hit us very hard in New Jersey and people always think of New York, New York, New York, New Jersey mirrored almost exactly. We had the ebbed and flows of of all of the disadvantages that New York was hearing was facing, but nobody really talked about New Jersey. So it was it was devastating. And we were able to pivot within three days to go 100% virtual. And quite honestly, when you go virtual, it's really challenging to really meet with people, have them understand exactly what they need or not need to do to make sure that they keep their doors open. We shifted our priorities of, you know, everybody likes flashy, everybody likes sexy, programs and projects, we shifted our priorities to back to basics of really looking at helping the businesses to stay in business, all business. And in particular, our black communities were facing, were actually facing at the worst. The landscape today is very promising. And I truly do believe that we're, we're shifting and there's a lot of, there's more positivity. Um, if that's the right word to use, I, I don't know. Sometimes I make up words, so bear with me. Um, you know, so there's a lot of positivity moving forward. There's there's funds that are available. SBA has put out their PP idle loans that went out. We saw quite a few black entrepreneurs that actually applied for those, and we worked with them to help them in that. I don't have the specific numbers on the breakdown of who actually received the PP and idle. I'm actually I reached out to SBA to try to get those numbers. Sometimes they're a little squirrely with giving us out exact numbers. But what I can tell you is, is throughout the pandemic, 28% of our businesses that we worked with were black entrepreneurs and 16% of those were Hispanic. So 28% of our businesses came to us one-on-one -on -one consulting for us to work with on our training uh, that we put on. And we had almost 40,000 trainings that we did over the course of the last couple of years. And I'm going to lump 2020 and 2021 and even shift a little bit of 19 into that. We did almost 40,000 training that's webinars, exact trainings that went on. And out of those 18% of those training attendees were black entrepreneurs, whether they were in business or wanting to get in business. One of the beautiful things that we did see, and when I say about the positivity is when we have one business close, which is 
which is devastating. We have two that are looking to open up. And we have phenomenal success stories across the board. We have one in particular, um, it, he was a barbecue place and he was in Union County and he was actually uh, formerly incarcerated, African-American and struggled to keep his doors open. Not only did we help him keep his doors open, but now he's expanding. And this, these are the success stories that we love to tell and be able to promote of the good work that's being done. And we do really truly target, we look at, we look at um, the African commu African American community as well as low to moderate income and making sure that we're putting services and programs in those places that need it the most. It really is important for us to make sure we're serving we're serving the 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 groups and the population that need us the most. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, kudos to you for all the webinars and stuff because I know when I started my business, I didn't really know where to begin. And one of the first people told me was go check out the New Jersey Small Business Development Center. I walked right there, you know, I put my name in the system and I got a call again from uh, Andrew Frazier. And so I can imagine, you know, phones were probably ringing off the hook during all the uncertainty that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused. And in addition, we had the racial unrest in the summer of 2020 surrounding the death of George Floyd. So there was just a lot of things going on uh, simultaneously and people needed an anchor to be able to go to and get advice and get knowledge and resources on. And part of those this distress that they talk about the businesses were actually minority businesses that suffered the most out of a lot of that unrest the burning some of the 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 storefronts and things that were affected the most were were part of our minority community so we wanted to make sure that we stepped up and we were there as a resource and and again i i think that you know the the trust is really key you know, you could say we're from the government, we're here to help you, right? And, you know, an automatic, that's a built-in uh, red flag. You know, you're right. from the government, right? But we are a public-private partnership. And that's what I'd like to say is, yes, we do get half of our funding is, is from the federal government through SBA. The other half is state and local communities that are investing into their backyards. I like talking about economic gardening. And economic gardening is really about serving the businesses that are in your backyard, not talking about recruiting new businesses to come in, but really truly helping the ones that are here to stay in business and to grow. And really that is our priority moving into our next three-year strategy with the SBDC is really, I don't wanna say, you know, some might think back to basics mean, you know, it's like, oh my God, we're dumbing it down or with this. Absolutely not. What I'm talking about back to basics is looking at our core businesses that are here in New Jersey that need us the most, that they need the resources. And how do we communicate to them that these resources are available to them? That's a big, doing a podcast like, like this and your, your audience is really huge for us because we don't have marketing money to really promote all the resources that we have. We depend on groups like yourself to be able to promote the SBDC on the resources that are truly available to the businesses. You said something earlier that there is a positivity in this, right? I'm one of those, I launched Ironbound Media in the middle of the pandemic and basically the wind is at my back. We're growing, you know, and it's been just an amazing experience, but there's a lot of businesses that are not necessarily tech enabled. Um, a lot of the brick and mortar locations, um, a lot of, you know, the car washes, et cetera. One of the things that keeps me up at night is I'm worried about these legacy businesses, you know, the businesses that were run by baby boomers that are not tech enabled. Can you talk to me about how you're thinking about carrying these businesses to the future 
and what kind of resources, um, you know, the Small Business Development Center is thinking about getting to them? What I will tell you is we look at every business individually. We make sure that it's not one size fits all. We holistically look at every business. We assess them as work as they come in. And it's a customized program that we put together specific for a business. So when you're talking about legacy businesses, startup businesses, um, SBA calls them nascent businesses, we have the gamut in every business we look at is one size does not fit all. We look at your business as you come in in specialized programs and services tooled specifically for you, not like Yes, we do have standardized webinars and we have trainings that go across the board, but on our one-on-one -on -one consulting, we really are looking in depth holistically at that business to help them and handhold them along the way uh, to make sure that they're successful. And, and what I want to say is that, you know, the saying, you know, you can, um, you can hand somebody a fish or you can teach them to fish, right? We teach them to fish. So we don't do it for them. We mentor them. We guide them. We have experts. We have legal counsel. We have CPAs. For example, we put together, um, you know, we do everything based on data. So we, we did a series of surveys that went out in all populations, right? And I could break down actually um, and provide those statistics on how many were black businesses that we were able to touch to get their feedback. Um, but it was it was substantial. So, so we did it in the beginning of the pandemic, we did it in the middle of the pandemic, and we did it hopefully at the end of pandemic, but unfortunately here we are today, right? Um, but the, the first survey that we did, it really was about, you know, what do we need to do to make sure our workers are healthy and our customers are healthy? How do we social distance? How do we redo our format of our business, right? How do we do outdoor seating? or um, for restaurants in particular, how do you get takeout versus in, in, inside dining? The second survey that came out really addressed access to capital, which by the way, capital is an issue on every single um, survey that we've done, access to capital, but it broke into a little bit deeper of um, e-commerce and website development and cybersecurity, because guess what? If you have e-commerce and you have a website, you have to worry about cyber, right? Because you wanna make sure you don't get hacked and all the things that are, are in place that to keep you safe and your finances safe. Um, the, sur the last survey that we did that just actually rolled out in um, November of, of uh, 21, um, was really it focused again access to capital, cybersecurity, e-commerce. Again, always going to be at the forefront because everybody needs to stay as a hybrid. This is our true belief: is that if you are not going to be a hybrid of having some brick and mortar and some online, you're probably going to be obsolete. Because guess what? Another pandemic might hit. God forbid we have another shutdown or whatever. You need to prepare for the worst and plan for the best, right? And, and so, but the last one hit supply chain, workforce issues, right? Those are the big things. Restaurants and in, in a lot of our black communities, you're seeing service industries, you see restaurants, you see um, uh, storefronts, you see retail, all of that, which is a big chunk of what we work with in New Jersey. But the reality is they can't hire people or they can't keep people. And so working through that and working with the workforce centers in New Jersey and working with helping them with, with getting the right people 
and also automation, automating some things in order to help them along the way that if you can't get an employee or retain an employee, it's not going to put you out of business. So, you know, when we talk about moving forward into the future, we really truly are going to, one, continue to look at data and make sure that we're talking to the businesses on what they want and what they need, not what we think that they need. And two, staying proactive, staying on top of it to make sure that we're planning for what is coming down the pipe that people may need so that we can make sure those resources are sitting there and available for them. I was taking some notes as you talk, and that was really insightful that the you know Small Business Development Center pulls the data from what people are asking for. And you're right. A lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, they need help with their website, their messaging, that just kind of basic branding. Um, and I held another podcast. Of, that I do for a veteran organization and the owner is a black business owner I had on and I asked him, you know, what was one of the issues he was struggling with right now? And it was workforce because, you know, with all the requirements around vaccination, et cetera, you know, struggling to navigate, you know, finding people that are vaccinated in the inner city, you know, that can still be there. And so, you know, these are real issues that business owners are struggling with. And I love the fact that you guys are like staying at the forefront of it and engaging with people around it. So we do have a, a, a monthly newsletter that goes out and I highly recommend people want to go to njsbdc.com, sign up, you can get a newsletter. We try to have very relevant information that goes into that. And, and for example, following the legislation, you know, that, that is coming down that directly affects small businesses. It's really good to have this type of information out there that people are not surprised, oh, a requirement or a mandate, but both on the federal side, but also on the state side, you know, because obviously New Jersey and the states can designate whatever they want as well and set their own policies. So we want to make sure both on the, the, the federal what's coming down, but also on the state what the requirements are, because the last thing we want is a business to be surprised. I'm like, I didn't know this requirement or I don't know this 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 fee or tax or license or permits or whatever it may be. So, and again, trying to be that hub of resource, we don't think that we don't think, and we know we're not the be all end all, but what we can be is we can be that hub that people go to. We can, again, my word, holistically look at that business, see the services that we have to offer. And we collaborate and partner with all of the resources across the state. And we can make sure that they get to that right resource so they don't bounce around and say, nobody called me back, or I tried this one, or I tried that one. Referrals back and forth from one resource partner to another is much better than somebody cold calling and trying to figure out what is the best resource for them. So we want to get them quickly to the right resource because timing is essential, you know, especially in some of our businesses that we work with, it's life and death in some cases, you know, in NJEDA puts out a lot of grants. There's a lot of opportunities that are out there for funding. We try to stay on it. Sometimes, sometimes, I'm not saying always, um, They get by the time the information gets out on the deadlines on the grant applications, it's a two or three day turnaround and then people miss this opportunity. So but by staying with our newsletter, we promote all of these deadlines. We partner with them very closely to know what is available to them so that they have that time. And then we also have members that can help them. So part of this pandemic that we went through, and again, based on data, we created what's called a capital team. 
Our capital team is specifically put in place to help businesses access capital, whatever that might be, grants, loans, um, lines of credit, whatever it might be, we can help the business with them. So come to us, we'll work with them one-on-one, get them set up and ready. Then they go to the capital team. Then the capital team can help them with their applications, can help them with looking at the right resource for them. Many times they, they go to their bank, they get denied, or there's an opportunity that's available. They don't know how to fill out the forms, you know, things like that. We can help them through all of that. Um, daycare providers, you know, a perfect example, we have a project that we're doing right now. And in the minority community, especially if you don't have daycare, it's hard to get to work. And so we have a project right now that we're working, there's grant funds that are available for individuals that have home daycares, as well as larger daycares. And we're helping them with their application process on these grants. And they are grants that are available. I used to always say, don't say the G word because there's no real free money out there. But guess what? There's a lot of grants that are out there now. So bring on the G word. We're we're here to help you. So I'm taking notes on this capital team. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put the newsletter in the show notes for this episode. You know, Perfect. one of the things I'm curious to know from you is somebody that's been out there and seen the entrepreneurs that have been able to bounce back or thrive, you know, over the course of this pandemic. What have you seen that made them successful with regards to their engagement with the Small Business Development Center? So um, what we've found is that, especially there are certain industries that have overwhelmingly done better during COVID than they did pre-COVID. Um, construction, for example, landscaping, you know, home repairs, things like that. I don't know about you, I had to wait four months to get a fence because um, the wood was put on side and, you know, the demand, you know, so my fence guy is just like, I'm so busy, I don't know what to do. But what he did need help with was his finances. What he did need help with is understanding where the uh, funds were coming in, where it's going, where the leakage, for example, of, of why am I not making a better profit? Well, where's your money going to? We can actually sit down with them and help them figure out. I call it leakage, meaning where's the money going into this empty pit that you're not going to return on your investment. And so we can help them in their financials. So financials is number one that we have found that even the successful businesses, they've come to us, even as sounding boards, because there were no costs consulting, right? I don't like using the word free because it's been taxpayer dollars that you paid for it. So it's not free. It's just at no cost to you because you've already paid for this. So, so come and use us, but a sounding board, use us as a sounding board. I'm thinking about uh, branching off and doing this new product line, or I'm looking at this so we can help them with competitive analysis to see who's doing it. We can help them with pricing and we call it pricing for profit. You know, are you including all of your overhead into your pricing model that you really truly are making, making a profit on it? I'll give you a good example. The creative industry, um, arts and humanities and things like that. Um, there's a lot of artisans that are out there whether you're a tattoo parlor or whether you're um, creating portraits and paintings, whatever it may be, even architects are considered in, into the creative industry. You know, I, I had this one person come to me at one point and they're like, oh, I, I, this is my price model. I'm like, well, where's your supplies? And there was, a, oh, I bought that a year ago. I'm not including that. I already paid for it. Well, just because you paid for it doesn't mean that it didn't cost you money. And so what was missing was she didn't have that priced into her model and she was losing money. 
her profit margin was very, very small. And so helping her, she was able to then move into the direction of actually making a profit and in, in being able to grow as opposed to staying stagnant or even going out of business. Coming to us could be the difference of staying in business or going out of business. And if we can help you stay in business, we're going to do everything in our power to make that make that happen. And in some cases, if it is really that you need to close your door, let us help you exit properly. You can't just shut your door. There's there's things that you need to do and make sure that you do it properly so it doesn't bounce back and hurt you later on. And so we want to make sure that we're there to support on both ends. I don't like hearing that, you know, the closure side of things. But as I mentioned, we have two businesses that are stepping up. We're very, very busy. Two businesses stepping up to fill in that one that goes away. I don't like seeing go away, but it is positive that there are people growing during this period of time. Even restaurants, believe it or not, I've met with restaurant individuals or we've met with restaurant individuals and they're starting up during pandemic and they're doing well. So, You know, it's funny you're talking about all this stuff, right? And I'm thinking, man, there's so many resources, right? Because everybody's talking about, oh, we want to help black entrepreneurs and there's all these resources out there. These all these resources out there. But the fact of the matter is you guys have been doing the work well before George Floyd, you know, uh, again, like I said, I, I think I walked into the center in like 2018, right before I left my full time job. Um, and it's interesting for me, even on the other side, it's like, man, I'm not taking enough advantage of this stuff. Because it's 45 there. years, 45 years in New Jersey, we've been doing this. I will say that we're one of the best kept secrets. And, and part of that is is because we don't we don't have marketing dollars. Right. Um, we would much rather put that money towards meeting with the businesses and especially the black businesses that need us the most than it would be to be putting into marketing. So what I will say though, you've done a great job with the programs with the Rutgers university, obviously. Um, like I said, cute center for urban entrepreneurship, and economic development, always running programs, always having entrepreneurs through there. And then when you think about the consultants that you guys have, they're also that marketing arm too. So, you know, part of our obligation as listeners is to spread the word about these amazing programs, because if people I mean, we felt that cash crunch, you know, where you feel like you have no hope, you can't see, you know, the, the, the light. You know, this is an organization that people need to reach out to. Rutgers Business School is the statewide host for the SBC. Um, in New Jersey, they see the vested interests statewide in making sure that businesses are successful. I have to give credit also to the Business Action Center. We get our state funds from them, and they're the ones they're helping us to support and fund our capital team, which really is going like gangbusters. You know, so it is something that was needed, and I will say that we we can't do this without our partners, and and it's very important. So yeah, CUTE has been a great project and a program that we've been working with and we'll continue to support CUTE as well moving forward. Um, but we, do, we also have um, some of our centers that specifically have programming, particularly in uh, uh, Newark as well as New Brunswick and even in Camden specifically focusing on the African-American community and the business community. So, so uh, please reach out in, in your listeners, please contact NJSBDC because we're here to NJSBDC.com um, because we are here to make sure that your success is our success. And, and we are only as good in, as, as the businesses that we help. So we want to make sure that we're helping those businesses. 
one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is patient capital. And, you know, I just find patient capital as having access to low interest loans, grants, you know, money that's going to buffer losses, not hostile capital, you know, where, you know, you take a loan and it's 25% interest, but you got no other options, et cetera. How important is it for the community to have access to patient capital? So it is important. And, and what we're seeing right now is, um, so SBA loans and the PPP and idle are always been low interest compared to very other loans. So disaster loans and the PPP, the idle, the, the beauty of the PPP and idle was the forgiveness side of it. So you apply for it, it is a loan, but then you also apply and we help on both ends of that. You also apply for that forgiveness side of it. So, um, there's also NJEDA, as I mentioned, that they've had a lot of grants and a lot of low interest loans. So they have a microloan program that's available. And in many cases, depending on the type of business that they're looking to start up, a microloan, 50000 or less dollars to actually get kickstarted and kick, kicked off um, is actually something that they could, they could benefit from. And it's low interest loans that they have. What I will tell you that it is a huge, huge important factor for businesses to have that you you call a patient capital. I never I never heard it as is that before. That's why I asked you to please define that for me. But um, you know, it's really important. The low interest, no interest, or grants are available. In a normal world, a business's break even point is three to five years. It takes a business three to five years just to break even, not to make a profit to break even. In this time where you have supply chain, you have workforce issues, you have all these other things, it's even more important for businesses to have that patient capital, the low interest loans or the grants that are available. And again, they're out there. It's their their EDA put out a, a, a 0% loan out there. People tend to though get shied away from the word loan, even though it's low interest or no interest, what we have found is that people want grants and they don't want loans, but dig deep and look at the difference and look at the the, the ability um, for those low interest loans, because yes, there may be a grant that you can apply for, but it might be $5,000. That's not enough to get you by. So look at these other options, 1%, 2% loan. I mean, it's, it's, it's practically almost no interest that that people pay on that and that will bridge that that'll get them through and makes it could make the difference of make or break the business the break-even point for some businesses now are probably not three to five years it might be five to seven years during some of this downtime that we're facing now you're dealing with inflation you add that on top of it price of products are going to be higher due to the inflation so count that in it's it's almost at seven percent you know and in so these are things that businesses need to sort of plan for, and we can help them with that. And again, plan for the future. I, I, I say all the time, plan for the worst and hope for the best. You need to have that contingency plan. You need to have that plan B in your back pocket, because if your vendor goes out of business or your vendor was overseas and now it's costing you 10% more to get that product to the US or to New Jersey, maybe perhaps looking, you might pay a little bit higher for a product in the United States, but it's going to be cheaper and timely. It's going to, in the long run, it's going to, it's going to be uh, more profitable for you to buy that 
product in the United States versus having to get it overseas. You still see that California has all of those backed up, um, you know, all of the ships that are still sitting out there that backed up. Now they're actually in port, but now we have trucking issues, right? So you have, you have it, the trouble from getting from California all the way across the nation to get to New Jersey. So again, look at all of these things and we can help you plan for that. It's very important for people to plan ahead. And again, that plan B, plan B. That's right. And I'm even or maybe just thinking, a C, D, and E, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just thinking about when you talk about these low interest loans, part of it is educating people about how to use leverage. You know, yes. so you take that low interest loan and you turn around and you flip it, but you know, accepting that risk. But again, we've got got consultants, you've got team members, you've got capital teams, you know. So again, this is not something people have to go out alone. Uh, One other thing to think about too is uh, lines of credit. You know, so people don't think about lines of credit. So if you're in a retail shop and you just need money on a monthly basis just to get by before the money comes in, your 30, 60, 90 days, whatever that might be before monies are coming in. Lines of credit are great because you don't pay interest on that until you borrow from it. So it's very important to, to again, you can have that, especially if you're retail or in the service industry, you need to pay your people and that can get you by until the funds come in. So, and again, you're not going to pay, if you pay that back on a monthly basis, you're not paying the interest on it. So. So as we close out this interview, we've got impact investors, entrepreneurs, people from all over the country, all over the world tuning in. What closer remarks would you like to leave them with? And then also how can we continue to support and elevate the work of the Small Business Development Center here in the state of New Jersey? What I would like to say is to just give people the advice. We are here to help. You know, even if there there's help out there, there are resources out there. That's what I would like people to leave with is that you're not alone. There are friends that are out there to help you. And we are here to ensure that you're successful. And, you know, tap into us because we are the hub of some of the resources available and we will get you to the right resource. Well, Kelly, it was a pleasure having you here today. Again, I'm be putting all the links in the show notes and to all our listeners tuning in with us today. Thanks for tuning in and uh, be sure to sign up for the uh, Black Entrepreneur Survive and Thrive newsletter at the link in the show notes. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.